Welcome to You Are Just a Number podcast, a podcast regarding leadership, teamwork, and valueship. Valueship is your value in the market. Realize you can increase your value. Learn more at our blog site, which is youarejustanumber.com. That's the letter U R just a number.com, all one word. I am Jim Zellum, your host and author of the book Stepping Stones of Leadership. My guest today is Eric Ripp, founder and owner of PPI, which stands for Productive Programming Incorporated. PPI is an electronic health records software and service company focused on the long-term Medicaid, Medicare market. Their customers are concentrated in the New York State market where they have built a following based on regulatory compliance as well as New York-specific workflows. So let's get started. The following is from a YouTube video Eric created that explains a lot about his business. I was raised in Wisconsin. In the Midwest, we have our own cadence. Get up early, work hard, finish the day strong. Our job is part of our identity. We are proud of what we build. When we build something, we build it strong, we build it right. When I started PPI, I just wanted to fit in. Just another software company. Then I realized that isn't who we are. We operate differently. We see the customer for who they are and what they need. Our strategy is not a strategy of corporate timeline and capital budget. Our strategy is built on collaborative design and customer needs. We have never been a corporate face with a timeless march. We are a nimble, act now, employee community ready to solve critical needs. Our story is simple. Work hard, be kind, treat everyone like family. Whether it's a customer or an employee, the story is the same. Do your best for them and they will do their best for you. Let's start off with, you know, where you came from and where you are, where, where you are as of today. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a, that's a, it's an easy question. Um, I grew up in the Midwest uh, and my, my folks, my dad was a mechanic and my mom was an admin assistant. And um, I always wanted to do stuff with computers and I never felt like I was smart enough. I took a class in, in high school that said, hey, maybe you should do something with computers. And so I went and got my uh, electrical engineering degree. And I was like, okay, this is great. And one day I'm sitting and I'm piled over some soldering some circuit boards. And I said, you know, this isn't right. I'm not doing the right thing here. And one of my friends said, you should try writing software. And so uh, that was kind of a really big turning point. I always, when I talk to kids especially, I always say there's always a point in time where you have a decision and that decision will drive you in a direction. And success isn't binary, it's, it's, it's just a path, just like you, you talked about earlier. Um, so that path was a very big point in my life of let's go and let's learn how to program. And um, because I always felt like I was uh, not a well-known person, I was always doing whatever people would ask me to do as far as come to programming. Hey, can you write something to do this? Can you write something to do that? 
And that's how PPI started. That's how uh, the company started. Um, first, fixing fax machines that were, you know, computerized fax machines and, and doing some, some uh, basics with email. And I mean, this is the 90s, so I'll back there a little in time. Um, but then uh, I, got, I would say a big break right about 1999, uh, 98, 99, where I got called in to help people write some software for health record management. And at that time, there wasn't really an EHR. It was before HIPAA and before, well, before the year 2000. So it's kind of a, a very different time than now. And so um, I wrote a piece of software that tracked healthcare records. And as soon as I did that, I realized that number one, uh, you had to be a special kind of person to know about healthcare records to be able to program against it. And number two, these healthcare people were not getting support and programming and software at all. They were disenfranchised. They weren't getting help and the help they were getting was extremely expensive. So, um, that was kind of my lead up to what we're doing today is we started writing more and more healthcare software. We wrote a lot of other different projects. Um, you know, some we, we wrote software for uh, John Locke, who's the, the guy who started MTV, ladies and gentlemen, music television. Um, we were just writing software for whoever would stand up in front of us and say, we need software. And um, really what it came down to is we, we had a moment in time uh, in 2007, where we were going to make a decision of should we expand consulting services or should we really just focus on healthcare? And I made a very difficult decision because at the time, consulting was making good money and all we had to do was hire more people. And I said, you know, if we build this platform, even at a loss, even right at, uh, right at break even, that's gonna be a pretty big thing for us someday. And that was when we wrote Care Compass. That was the first thing we wrote. Um, and uh, that is the platform that we currently work on and, and use today. Uh, and I literally sat down with a blank screen and a napkin with a bunch of handwriting on it saying, this is how I'm gonna build it. And I started started programming and we, we once we got past the first level, we started building specs, and um, it was a pretty neat thing. Yeah, that's good. That's good. How many, how many uh, really uh, businesses were, came out on a napkin? Quite a few decisions were made on a napkin, because I've done it myself, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good. So, so, um, so you built this company, okay, and now you started hiring people, and how did you develop, you know, you thought of, I mean, you know, Jan thinks very highly of you. I do want you to know that. Okay. Well, how did you develop your leadership skills? What, you know, where did they come from? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I can very much, it's, this is actually really easy. I can put my finger right on it. Um, my mother drove all my leadership skills. Uh, she still works for me. She, she works for me now. Uh, she, she's uh, semi-retired and she helps us around the office, but um, she always had a way of saying things that made me understand, well, I should treat other people like I would want to be treated. So she had a handful of sayings that were really important. I still use a lot of them today. One of them 
um, is obviously treat other people how you'd want to be treated. And I live by that. Um, when it comes to any decision that we make with a business, uh, if somebody comes up and they give me three different uh, choices and none of them work, I say, that's not how I would want to be treated. We need to, we need to work harder. And um, Kelly in HR knows this one more than anything is I, I press her on a lot of, well, I want to make sure that we have a, a level playing field for everyone. We want to make sure we're all um, operating in a way that we want to be treated. And she's very sensitive to that, which is great. Um, the other thing that is really important is dress how dress like who you want to be, not like who you are. And it's not about putting clothes on. It's not about what you have on. It's how you behave. And this is what she always described to me is she said, that way of living is if you want to be an executive who runs a software company, you have to behave that way. And your modeling has to follow what you've seen. I've seen a lot of leaders in my time. And I, take, I pick and choose the important things from each leader. One leader, uh, Dennis Rusko, was uh, early on, he was one of my first bosses and I really liked working for him. He always made sure there was snacks and everybody was treated with kindness and respect. Snacks is something simple. Well, if, if you don't have time to go out to get lunch or if it's mid-afternoon, you should have snacks. It's a simple thing. Mm -hmm. And you know, companies like Epic, they, they do that and, and, and we do it too. It's just, it's important to do the simplest things like that. Um, but dressing like who you want to be, not who you are, is very important in everything you do. So if you um, feel like uh, you should be a good leader, you should act like that first before you'll become it. Excellent, excellent. So, you know, you're, I mean, just out of curiosity, how many people work for you in your, in your business? Oh, I think we're, we're climbing up near 80 right now. It might be mid seventies. Um, not exactly sure the exact number right now. Right. And the reason why I asked that is because you know, you're, um, how do you keep a pulse beat of what's going on throughout your company? Well, one of the things that I'm very proud of is every single employee in the entire company has had a conversation with me in the last six to 12 months. Um, I make it a point to go around and visit with every single employee. I know a lot about every employee. I know their, about their personal relationships at home. I know about their personal relationships at work. Uh, I know um, what they want in their career. Most of the time, that's one of the things that I ask people that work for us. And that's, I think that's one of the reasons why I get a lot of respect from our staff is because they know that I care and I prove it every time I talk to them. Okay, okay. And you know, here, here's a tough one in here. Um, I, I know this in my own thing in here, okay. It's all good, people trust you, but what hap how do you handle, let's say, you know, a tough situation, okay? I mean, you know, it's all good. I mean, you, you get the positive flowing, okay? But, but I, I just like to know, you know, when, when a tough situation comes up, okay? Yeah. Uh, um, let, let, let's say, you know, and I know you have an HR department and everything like that, but let's just say, you know, you have policies, you know, someone, you know, quality issue, okay? And or, um, 
you know, uh, they're, they're, they're absent quite a bit. I mean, you know, leadership also has to take care of the tough positions, tough roles too. Okay. And, mm -hmm. and, and people, your surrounding team sees how you handle that. So I just like to, you know, so if you can give me a, you know, a little stuff about that. Yeah. And that is a, it's, it's a really important question. The mark of a good leader is handling things well in tough times, not just the easy times. Um, when there are difficult conversations, HR is, is they, they take care of a lot of that. But because I have this personal relationship with a lot of staff, some of them will actually hunt me down and say, you know, I don't feel like I'm being treated fairly here. And that, that does happen from time to time. And um, a lot of times they'll make the assumption that I know all of the details about what's going on. And, and most of the time I, I have a good understanding and comprehension uh, of uh, what the situation is. And what I like to say to most of those people is, are we wrong? Let's talk about it. What do you think from our view is wrong about the picture? And being able to get um, a person who's having a difficult time with work, to be able to get them to reflect back to you and, and know that they're being heard. And if there's validity to it, um, you know, I, I usually will, will say, let me take it back and let me, let me talk to you. But if there isn't, if, if it's something that's kind of been well vetted, uh, usually I'll have, it's hard to give a good example. Like, um, well, here, let's just use absentee. That's a, that's a really good one. If that, if that one ever comes to me, first thing is, is if you're not here, uh, it's very hard for us to operate. And if we bring in other people to cover for you, that just makes it really difficult. Now, we, we give you vacation time. We give you time off. But the really important part of this is that you plan ahead. We need to plan for you're not being here. So you can use that time, that's perfectly acceptable. But if you don't give us time to prepare, it makes it difficult for us to operate. You're important to our organization is the, is the key thing that I give every employee. There's not a person in our organization that isn't important. If you weren't important, you wouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent. So you had, we'll just say 75 people in your organization. You had 75 people in a building, coronavirus hit. Uh-oh, everybody now is virtual. Okay. So how has that changed your leadership style? If it has, and if it did, how? Well, let me just start by saying we went virtual a week ahead of any shutdown in Wisconsin. Uh, I think it was March 6th. I think that was a Monday. Um, I sent everybody home who could be home that day. Um, mm -hmm. I said, I, I said, I'm going to walk around the building. If you have a laptop, you shouldn't be here. Okay. And you, you have to have a good excuse for being here and, and fine. Don't worry. We'll pay you to drive home, but you need to go set up and, and be ready at home. And at the time it was interesting because I said, uh, this will probably be over in about a month, month and a half. You know, if we really lock down, this is going to be something that is just a passing moment. And it was about, I would say early May that we realized that it wasn't going to be a passing moment and we had to be proactive. Proactive meaning everything we've been doing from March through April had been very short steps of, hey, here's where things are at. We're just checking in. But 
starting in, I would say early May, we started to measure our success as a company, specifically in productivity. And by measuring productivity, it's much easier to manage and lead your staff. Now, one thing that I did do that was very important to me personally uh, was I called every single staff member uh, in June. In June, I called every single employee uh, and I talked to them on the phone and, and the very first thing I asked was, how are you doing? Um, we're getting close to being due on that again, uh, but I have been also doing um, management videos of, hey, here's where we're at. Let's talk about it, almost like an all staff. Mm -hmm. But then the people that report directly to me, we talk three, four times a week. I would say almost exactly as much as when we were in the office. So the important thing is to still have that communication. It is really difficult to have a good conversation over video, but we're all getting used to it. Mm -hmm. The planning is a little more difficult because you don't know what people's work schedule. You can't just waltz into someone's office and say, hey, how you doing? Let's talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is something, they call it management by walking around. It's something that I live and believe in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Walking into someone's office and just saying, hey, how you doing? So, um, so one thing I, you did say that I find very interesting and is that you said you started managing by productivity, okay? And I, one thing I did learn in my leadership is once your team knows what you're watching, they know what to do, okay? Yeah. They do. And, and uh, because if you, you if you keep changing, it's this or that or the other thing, they don't know. But once they know your dashboard, okay, they tend to, well, I'll watch the same dashboard. So yeah. that's a really good point, Jim. And what does happen periodically is something that's on my dashboard mm -hmm. might not be in their frame of reference. And then suddenly like, oh, wait, he's paying attention to this thing. This is important. Right, right. And, and, and yeah, it's no. hard to, to let people know that unless you have something that's clear and concise. Right, right, right. Because well, I used to have a dashboard when I, I used to meet with the team every week and I always stayed with the dashboard. And one thing I always did was I never emphasized the negatives. I always emphasized the positive. Okay, so we're at 98% acceptance rate, never 2% rejection rate. I always wanted to emphasize, you know, the good thing, not the bad thing. So yeah, and, and usually if I have, um, if I have a difficult conversation to have, I'll, I'll always start with the, the good thing that that has happened. You know, we're really happy to have you here. You're an important part of our process. We're having a problem over here. I need your help. That's 99% of the time it's, I need your help. That's um, one of the, um, a book that I, I believe strongly in is, is, I think it's words can change your mind. I think that's the exact uh, name of it. And it talks about using specific words to change your own mind, but also to change the people around you, change their mind. And it, a good example is, um, I literally never say I'm sorry. Um, if I'm late to a meeting, thank you for your patience. I really appreciate you waiting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, never I'm sorry. It, it, um, there's just a lot of things about that that the words are what sets the tone for the conversation and that is exactly how 
you can have impact on the conversation. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So basically you're, you're saying then, even though you have a remote team now, okay, you, you didn't really have to make that many changes uh, in your leadership style from being in there. It has its pros and its cons. Again, you can't go into the office and talk to people and go there, but you, you still try to get that same communications with your team. Yeah. And um, I don't get as much as I'd like to still right now, because it's really hard to interrupt somebody when they're working versus when I'm walking by their office and I see they're not, you know, their, their head isn't down. They, they wave and say, Hey, Eric, how you doing? But then I know I can walk in and talk. It's hard to have that conversation uh, right now, just off the cuff. Sure. Sure. Okay. So, so what, what does your future look like? Yeah. Um, well, my personal future is, is, I really love doing exactly what I'm doing right now. Um, working with a team, I, I wrote down this, you know, in prep for this, our team is battle tested. The, the people that work for us, mm -hmm. we have a lot of people who have been with us for a really long time. And some of them remember when I was programming elbow to elbow next to them. Um, and boy, it's really great to pick up the phone and, and talk to them and, and just keep doing what we're doing. For PPI, it's interesting because I have, you know, I have a one year, two year, five year, and a, and a 10 year plan. You have to do that and you have to revise it every quarter, to be honest with you. You gotta always be on top of that. Um, and really what I want to do is I wanna grow PPI to the, to the point where it is something that is affecting more and more families on the positive side. The patients that our, our company helps through our clients is important. Over 100,000 patients, or we call them members because they're members of a plan, are being served by us. The impact of that is that's exponential. Let's just say you have four family members. So let's that's four times 100,000. That's how many people we're impacting pretty easily, not, let alone the employees on our side, the employees on the plan side. That is the first and the last thing that I think of in a day. The first thing of how is this going to help our people and what can we do to make sure that our staff and our clients and their patients are in good shape. We're the, we're the people who help the people who help people. If that makes any sense. It's like, no, a, no, no, I, I, I get, I get what you're saying. I do. I do. I, I, I see that you're very, uh, you know, you're, you're, you always want to help somebody and I get that. And which, which I really compliment you for. So yeah, um, thank you. And, and I just can't think of doing anything better than what we're doing now. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, seriously, that's the future. Keep doing what we're doing more and better. Okay. Okay. Always better. So in, Let's go back. I, I think I just, I really only have one more question for you. I mean, cause I think you explained your leadership style quite well. Okay. So to our, to the listeners of this podcast, what, 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 what do you want to tell them? What kind of advice can you give them? Well, <laughs> one of the, definitely one of the things is, is always be prepared to say yes. Um, there's a couple of different books that I, I've, I've read that talk about how to, change mindset. Mindset is really important to me. Um, 
And I learned that through it's a CEO roundtable called Vistage. Just to put a plug out there for Vistage. I love my Vistage group. And uh, the mindset is important. Always be willing to say yes and how. Um, let's say there's some in, unmovable object. Um, the simplest thing is, is we got to fly from here to the moon and we have limited resources. It's not, we can't, it's, it's not, we can't do this. It's how can we do this? What are the steps it takes? And this can frustrate certain mindsets of somebody saying, this is impossible. It's not impossible. And the thing that I always say is, is if somebody's done it before, why not us? Why not now? Why not me? And so why not me is the advice that I use for everybody who's trying to start their own business. Why not you? And definitely always say yes and give details of how. I'm an extrovert, so I'm always giving information. This is how I think we can do it. And that's a really important part of running a small business and leading anyone. Okay, okay. So actually, Eric, I think we're done. It was very good. Eric, thank you so much for sharing your leadership skills and style at PPI. It's very interesting how your mother impacted your style and decision making. If you want to know more as to how your past affects your style, there is a chapter dedicated to that topic in the book, Stepping Stones of Leadership, available on Amazon. I hope you enjoyed this podcast with Eric Ripp of PPI. Do you have a story to share? feel free to contact me at youarejustanumber.com. That's the letter, youarejustanumber.com, all one word. Have a great day.